Dude, one thing I miss is that if you kill in normal fire element, if you kill like the important people, they'll have like a little like you've bested me, like yeah, and they just don't do that in this game. <laughs> I know. I always like since I skipped this story, like one of the meta games I play is trying to figure out who the important person is. You fought well. I admit defeat. This means the contract that binds us is now broken. Those of my world are no longer compelled to fight you or to invade the Askrand kingdom. But I choose what? to say at the side of... The Askrand? Askrand kingdom. Askanrand.com. <laughs> Askanrand. Ask.anrand.com. New.donk.city. <laughs> New.donk.city. <laughs> you know where that takes you? <laughs> to the waypoints. Yeah, to the waypoints. I, I, I can tell already. I know that you're a waypoint radio <laughs> listener. Yeah. How's that? Because uh, I say, uh, what's the internet? No, <laughs> because the you were talking about people. Uh, you were talking about somebody like restarting Fire Emblem Heroes all the time, and then I listened to that episode. Yeah. Also, I'm like infatuated with Austin Walker. Yeah. Just oh, intellectual game <laughs> critic. Oh, That's pretty cool. PhD. Huh, tell me more. <laughs> well, that's as good of a place to start as any board podcast episode 71 go. <laughs> New.donk.city.gov. No, gov. No. <laughs> they have one. There's also one. It's bastionfucks.com redirects to Waypoint. <laughs> I said that one to Mason. Mason was like, I don't know what the end game is here. <laughs> like the end game is that the Waypoint community wants to make every dumb joke they make a running joke. Uh hi Will. Hey. Will Will Blanton. Hey Dylan. Of RVA Game Jams. Of Ward games. In, in hyper real. <laughs> What's See, up? I don't have anything else, so you can't, you can't even one-up me there. Uh, of Ward podcast and Ward games. Fuck! You got me. What's up? Nothing. Doing good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Life of Will Blanton's good? It's, I mean, it's... A day in the life? It's an acquired taste, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Sam Lotion. What's up, man? Not much. What's up with you? of remote games <laughs> the, the name he loves the name he loves adore that name i i, I know we've, commi- we've committed to it that's good i, I like, like that it. name i it's love a good that name. name i like your i like the name i like the logo will loves it i like your minimalistic website single Thanks, scroll it's all minimalist you means slow effort <laughs> that's not what i meant but but okay <laughs> i like it that's it's, why it's, it's like austere that. yeah stark Ooh. What's what's a <laughs> this is a good group activity. Let's all go around in a circle and say our most embarrassing uh net handles. Oh Shit. dude. I'll start. Oh, I already got oh, one. I'll yeah. start. Go in, ahead. Uh middle school, my aim screen name was Big Bungler. Big Bungler. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. You got one, Will? I mean uh Sam? Sorry. Uh yeah, you go first because I'm I'm trying to pick between. <laughs> All right, I'm on. trying to pick between two. All right, so for the original Xbox, I had an Xbox Live account, and the account was Crazy Jesta 
crazy <laughs> jester. So Maybe. not jester, jester. Is that like an ICP thing? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Just, court jesters are cool. <laughs> but how do I make this street? I don't know. That sounds about right. I probably ran into you on Halo or something. Like, <laughs> oh, that nice. Nice. Uh, Halo 2, yeah. What was the fucking the indoor level with like the palm trees? What was that level called? Oh, uh, man. Uh, the rocket launcher was in yep. the waterfall. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's like, it, I think it was called Waterfall, maybe. I can't remember. Mate, or like Oasis feels like a name right. it could yeah. have. Some, some, some cool sort of chill name like that. I can't remember. Hey, but. Halo 2 is fucking ugly <laughs> in retrospect. Like just the color palette. Like not in terms of, I like, don't know, man. Not, I, like, <laughs> I like that not in terms of graphical fidelity, but if you look at that game, like a lot of those levels are brown. Those multiplayer levels, yeah. Like Zanzibar in like Lockout, like there's some there's some color differentiation. But like that waterfall level, like the urban environments in that game are brown ass brown. Yeah. Well, my favorite two maps were the the one where you're like underground, like you're you're not totally underground. You're in like a crater that like goes over your head, and there's two banshees. Waterworks, or maybe it's or, been a long time. I don't remember anything. Or names. the remake of Blood Gulch. It 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 might have been what? the uh, it, it no because Halo Two had an actual Blood Gulch. This one's actually you're in like you're in like a cave, and there's like, uh, there's like light coming in through the ceiling, so you're not like totally enclosed. I don't remember, but you can't like fly out of it. Anyways, and then the other one is um, it's like the floating island, and everything's like super gray. Oh, Ascension. Ascension. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Ascension's what cool. A, what a good map. All right, enough Stalin. What's your most embarrassing yeah. right, internet do guys, handle? Do you guys want to know the worst one, the worst sounding one, or do you guys want to know the one that I used for like way longer? Mm, that's give me, a good give me both. Yeah. No, you only get one. You have to pick. Ah. Wait, give me what were the options again? The one you the, used the, the one that, the one that's like more embarrassing sounding, or the one that I used for like an inappropriate amount of time. What do you think? <laughs> I'm going for the inappropriate amount of time one. Yeah, because, okay. Like, okay. All right. Elite Geek 13. Nice. I used that Were one. Were you 13 when you made it? Or? Yeah, and I used it till I was like 17, dude. Like, it was like pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like At that gmail.com age... too. Like, <laughs> you know, my photo teacher would just email me. And, you have, you, have you ever <laughs> used <laughs> Geek 13 at gmail.com? <laughs> you didn't turn in your assignment. Super bad. Have you, uh, have you guys ever used Mailinator.com? Mailinator? Yeah. No. It's, it, it's like a... Uh, 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 email generator so you just if you are working on like an app or something and you need to like test logins you just make up a, a, a an account like a uh, burner account that just disappears really quickly oh, just to log in i have i have a website like that i can't remember the name of it but i have like a website like mailer, that that i use for mail. signing up for stuff oh yeah like if i need to like put an email on something they'll like never oh care about ever again mm-hmm. like yeah well this uh but a running joke of the uh, software developer I interned at is that we, whatever stupid thing you'd say, we would end it with at mailinator.com. <laughs> so a big bungler at mailinator.com. I really liked um, the the AOL trial discs would come with like pairs of words for like the unlocking met like. Method. Oh really? Yeah, and like some of those are really good. Yeah. Uh, Upbeat Mama was one I really liked. <laughs> and uh, Throne Raving, I think, was my favorite one. Does all sound like Gify Cat Links? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Big, yeah. pink, troublesome giraffe. 
<laughs> or like the fucking uh, there's I think it was like the Lego universe oh no like like Pottermore like you don't get to make your own account name in Pottermore they just randomly assign you one and they're all super stupid but yeah. it's like Sleepy Owl 1846 uh, I hated that shit we'd like to alert the audience to the fact that Dylan uses Pottermore <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what my house is man <laughs> Like I know what wand, what kind of core do I have in my wand? Is it like is it the way you said unicorn that, hair? <laughs> the way you started that conversation was like, so you guys know when you're on Pottermore? Yeah, Potter yeah. You know, you know it's weird. Is I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm with too. you. Pottermore, yeah, at, Pottermore, man, it's like a daily, daily thing for me. Pottermore at mailinator dot com. <sighs> Jesus. All right. Um, well, this is <laughs> off to a fantastic start, and now I've completely lost my train of thought. What are we talking about today? Club Penguin. Club Penguin. Oh, Club Penguin's closing. I know. It closed. Did you guys hear about the iceberg? No. In Club Penguin? Okay, so this is the coolest <laughs> shit. All right, let me, let me, let me get something clear here. Thing. If you're going to espouse things about Club Penguin, you have to retroactively redact everything you just said <laughs> about, about Pottermore. Pottermore. All right. <laughs> I, can, I can do that because this is, this is cool as shit. So in Club Penguin, there's this iceberg... That has been long rumored for a long time that if you get enough people and stand on one edge of it, it'll like tip over. Okay. Right? Um, and it had never been done, but it was just like one of those like, you know how WoW has like all those like myths in it about like different things that you can do but aren't actually true or like only like one person's ever done it. I don't know about any like WoW myths. Like off the top There's of my head. There's an iceberg in WoW. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone stands on the side of it. Like if everyone stands on the same side of Northrend. Like like uh, EverQuest had a bunch of them. Okay. I was never a big I MMO was, person, I but I I've always heard you. people talk about like okay. MMO myths or whatever. Um, but anyways, yeah. So people like, all right, Club Penguin is closing. So we have to try this out. So they got like a ton of, I don't remember how many users it was because I just saw this. I only saw it through a GIF, but they got like a ton of people to the iceberg and they all stood on one side of it and it tipped and there was like this huge there's like a huge party on the other side of the iceberg <laughs> that it like flips over to yeah and it's like got all these like really happy like thank you messages from like the team and stuff i don't remember exactly what they all said but it was like that's the coolest easter egg i've ever seen in a game that's well, like that's pretty awesome yeah well, that was like what uh fuck what's that the base the spiritual successor to katamari damachi the second game nobi nobi boy nobi nobi boy it's like when nobi nobi boy came back to earth and like there was that weird unlock where it was like this room and everyone's like kind of partying in the room and you could walk, you could walk around as Nobi Nobi Boy and like capture people or lasso them with your fucking tentacle body. Damn. Yeah. Video game myths are, are, are interesting since since we're on that topic. The only one that like I know off the top of my head that as far as I know isn't real are like ones that like are associated with like original Pokemon, like red, blue, yellow. Like there's one like... The way you can officially capture Mew in like regularly in Pokemon is that there's an area where when you go to the bridge to get on the SSN on the ship and like when you defeat Gary in the SSN and you walk off the boat disappears right uh-huh. and then you can't enter that area well if you purposely make yourself like lose so you get teleported back to the Pokemon Center um, and then just skip that battle and then just go the rest of the game until you get surf and then you come back you surf and there's like a, a truck sprite 
which the truck sprite is as big as the player character. <laughs> and, and allegedly, if you use strength on the truck, you will push the truck out of the way and underneath the truck is Mew. And then you fight Mew and capture what? it. But it's it's not true. But it's, it's an interesting myth. It's interesting like how those kind of things propagate. It's yeah. like a, my dad works at Nintendo kind of story. Right. <laughs> my dad works at Nintendo and he found Mew. I can't remember any specific ones, but like the myths I heard of most often were like, as a child, are like RuneScape myths, <laughs> like so many of them. I don't know how I, I like, I would never see those because I never got anywhere in RuneScape because like I never knew how to level up properly in RuneScape. So I just constantly get fucked. I remember I went to Germany and uh, I was staying with this dude and I was like 13 and he had a PlayStation one and uh, he was like, I've got Tomb Raider and guess what? You can oh, no. put this code. And all of her clothes come off or something. <gasps> and I was like, nah. And he was like, yeah, huh? And so he showed me like this, like, you know, like printed out game facts thing or something. And on there was also like, if you like spin around a bunch of times and press buttons in a sequence, like her head exploded. <laughs> so like he was trying to get her to take her clothes off and I was trying to make her head explode. And we spent like hours. <laughs> I don't think either of them happened. No dice. The, uh... Uh, that kind of like that the walks the line of like the hack versus the myth or like you know like the cheats like the weird cheats like i remember spending hours with my friends finding bugs or duplicating bugs in halo 2 like co-op like in the campaign levels which i never like really like doing but i would do it with them and it's like oh we're gonna get outside the, the level and we're gonna go around here we're like basically like walking on giant angled polygons like finding <laughs> weird things that stuff's interesting yeah So what have you guys been playing? Sam. <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> you like it? From what I played of it, yeah, I haven't I haven't had a whole lot of time the past uh the past forever week and a half or so since I got it. It's like really play it, so I'm still in like the third chapter, which is like pretty early, but um it's really fun. It's like enough of it feels enough like Fire Emblem, um, and is enough of like a, it's like enough of a dose per like session to like kind of give you that the feeling that the game boy fire emblem games really did um but you know i I haven't gotten into like the more complex stuff yet of the game so fire emblem snacking yeah snap into a fire emblem (laughs) which i'm like totally cool with right like that's what super mario run supposedly is it's like mario snacking yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i'm i'm i like i like games that are formatted that way i like games what's your what's your team composition Oh man, let me let me pull it out and look real quick. Let me check. We're gonna get some some <laughs> hardcore elite uh, Fire Emblem Hero strats right now. Here, I need to turn on my volume. Um, I am using Ray, Virian, Alphonse, and Sharina. And Alphonse is the default guy, right? Yeah, Alphonse is the default default guy. He's pretty good. Um. He's a sword guy. Um, and then Virian is an archer. Ray is I don't I don't know the different um kinds. He's a dark child. Oh, those oh. are just like their <laughs> Yeah, that's their, just like his title. Yeah, yeah. their unique titles. I, I, do does this game have classes? Like can you like the old Fire Emblem games? Like can you like is there like In a job way? train stuff? No. Oh, okay. So you just get the dudes and that's yeah. like that's well, it. yeah, it's just whatever their attack 
Um, whatever their weapon is, is basically their class. Well, he's got like the red magic icon. Yeah. So like all the magic people are basically the same, just they have like the, the uh, elemental attunement, uh-huh. which worked the same as the um, the melee weapons. So there's just green, red, and blue. Uh-huh. I think there's a colorless magic user too. And then I think all archer people are colorless as far mm-hmm. as I know. Yeah. I really like Matthew a lot. He's good. Have you gotten him? Mm-mm. He like throws daggers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and there's like weird he's ninja cool dude. dudes in it. Yeah. No, he has like a shuriken icon. Yeah. But he yeah, doesn't yeah, use yeah. shurikens. He's like throws daggers. He's like a thief yeah. kind of guy. I wish I wish it had a little more fire emblem to it. Like I was telling Will, I, I sort of, there's like some stylistic touches I, I miss. Like when you kill someone important, they have like. Flavor a, text. They have flavor text, like a little like, like, oh, you've bested me like eulogy thing that happens when they die. And that was always like really cool and satisfying for some reason. And I also, I mean, like the job system would be cool to have because that was like a big part of Fire Emblem for me that I liked. Have you done any of the min-maxing stuff? Like the feeding characters and other characters? It's so easy. I haven't had to yet. Yeah. Like I usually, at least in games, I usually come across that when I feel like it would actually give me an advantage. But when you can kill like anyone in two hits with any other character, like it's like pretty... I think there's a point around like chapter four or five where like it gets hard. You're leveling. It, it doesn't even get hard. Is that like the 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 rate at which they throw higher level people at you exceeds your leveling curve? Like not. That's cool. Not extremely. Just like oh, this person is now two levels above you. Yeah, I was telling Will. Um, I think I think you might have heard me talking about this too. But like I, I was afraid that it was like similar enough to be Fire Emblem to like have the permadeath for yeah. characters. Yeah. So whenever someone would die, I had made super slow progress because whenever someone would die in the beginning, I would just like quit the app really quick. Your equivalent, <laughs> your smartphone equivalent of saves coming. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did just, all the time. Like if I lost a Fire Emblem character on my Game Boy, I like just shut my Game Boy off like immediately. <laughs> so he's just like, oh no, Alphonse. And then he just smashes his phone against this table. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Start up again. What about you, Will? How are you feeling? How you uh, I, I think I'm like officially done with Fire Emblem. Yeah, I uh, that was a, that was a quick ramp up and then yeah. ramp down. Well, I played a lot of it, right? Um, but like between this recording and the last one, you're like, yeah, like Fire Emblem. What? <laughs> I think I I did the first thing. <laughs> I uh, installed the app. Yeah, so I don't know. So there's only nine chapters, I guess. Is there? I think I'll take your word for it. I don't want to. I don't think it's spoilers. A spo- <laughs> it's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I know Spoilers. all about the story too, uh, and then you can do all of them again on hard and like crazy hard or something. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on chapter nine in hard mode, and then like so I'll tell you my setup was essentially like I had this dude named Takumi who's this like badass archer dude. I'll show you guys a picture of him because he's real hot. Like super badass. There are some hotties in this oh game. Oh boy! Yeah, can we yeah, talk about how badass. like most of these characters are like you know moderately well like covered up, and then there's just the one villainous woman. Yeah, who's just her. nothing has, has but anyone, cleavage. Has anyone seen one person of color in this game? Uh, no, but it's a Japanese game. I I don't know. I don't. I think I think that that's uh, that that might that's definitely still a trope. But like people are getting better about it, and I think Japan is. Japanese devs are no better at this point. Like, sure, okay, yeah, you know, right. like we—that's <laughs> a discussion that's been had. You know what I mean? Like, here's my favorite art. Uh, what's this dude's name? Uh, Bartre, and he's just like this absurd mustache dude. 
Oh, He's pretty cool. That, like looks so wow. stupid. Wow, and that axe? That's like pretty dope actually. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Uh But yeah, so basically my from chapter 1 to 9 been using the same crew? Yeah, and my strategy's basically been like this archer dude is like a five-star dude. And he's just like carried me throughout the whole game. Like I would like basically I would just like check out the danger zone because you can check out the danger zone. And then I send him <laughs> straight into the danger zone. <laughs> Keep everybody out of the danger zone. And then all the enemies try and kill him. And then he just like wrecks them. And I guess he just because I did that with like one dude, he leveled up and nobody else did. And so he was like a crazy level. And people would attack him and do zero damage because if you're like two levels higher than somebody, like it's nothing. Yeah. Wow. That's how Fire Emblem is, though. Like, it was so ridiculous. They didn't so like, that. And now I've just hit a wall with him where it's like I can't, I can't get him XP because like I need somebody like at his level, and everybody's either like a few levels below him and gives him zero XP, or a few levels above him and kills him instantly. And so I've just like hit this wall where I'm just like, oh, okay, Shit. thanks. Why don't you just do like the training or like the the challenge levels or whatever they're called? Because also like he's like level thirty something. Holy shit! And like <laughs> leveling him up takes so long that it's just like this isn't worth it anymore. Yeah, I, one way I've been playing is like if I get someone that's like, like seeing like two levels or so higher than the rest of the te- than the rest of my guys, I like swap them out for like the lowest level guy. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, like, makes my teams, like, pretty lopsided a lot of the time. But, like, I haven't gotten to the point in the game where it even matters. Like, I can just have, like, I could have, like, all healers or some shit. Nah, you couldn't actually. I could have, I could have like, all archers and win battles. I feel like healers are, like, super overpowered in this. Like, I thought healers would, like, deal no damage. But I got, like, this cute little healer girl. And I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, Might have the same character. Because I had a healer, and then I taught her an attack. I don't know where she is. They're all they're all anime. I don't know, but she yeah. was like just like this little cute little girl, and, and like her title was like so and so's sister. And I was like, <laughs> wow, this person is like really just like the little orphan Annie of this game. She got dragged <laughs> along on yeah. this quest, and then like I was just using her and just like I would have her like hang out back and like heal up people if I needed her, which was like very rarely. And then I was in this situation where like. Some people flanked over to her, and I was like, "Up, oh, have fun, bye, <laughs> die. Like, what are you gonna do?" And then, like, <laughs> their attack did nothing against her, and then she had like some kind of crazy attack. I didn't know they could attack, and she like just completely wrecked. Yeah, no, they could either. Yeah, you gotta yeah. check their stats because some of them can, some uh, of them can. So yeah, I don't know. I think at least all of them you can teach them to learn an attack. I really wish. Well, the game has like no multiplayer right now. Does it not? It has multiplayer, quote unquote. Like it's you're fighting somebody else's dudes, but they're oh, not right. It's like it's like okay. Clash of Clans multiplayer, where like we're like okay. they okay. they have no agency in it, but right. it's just okay. like you're being attacked. Um, you're under attack, right? So it, and it's not even like that. You just fight someone else's dudes, and the AI runs it, right? Yeah, it's pretty dumb. But I was thinking, like, if they did actually want to have the multiplayer in this game be good, imagine like like uh like it. Uh, if you ever played Magic, are you a Magic player? Uh, no. I'm not a very good Magic player. Do you know uh, what a draft is? Yes. Okay, yeah. So imagine like like that, where you have like 
That'd be cool. a shitload of a shitload of heroes that it just like randomly pulls from, and it like tries to balance it out so they're all like pretty even. Um, and then everyone just like picks their teams, and you have to like play uh, this randomly generated level or something. Basically, what the arena is in Hearthstone. I think it would be cool if it were like chess or something where it's asynchronous. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, that would totally. So like right now, you can have like up to five or six teams or whatever. But like, who cares at all? Yeah, right. I just fundamental. Look how organized you are. Yeah, that's like that's like as good as it gets, right? And so like, yeah. So I was I was thinking like, why is there teams at all? And like, so I was like, man, maybe if they like penalized you for changing your team, and so like you're encouraged to have just like a few teams, and you don't swap characters in or out of them, and then like team one can go through the story and collect all the XP, and then team two doesn't get the like the xp penalty for replaying levels because like i ran into i was just like all right i hit a wall with this group like i'll just make another group and like try i think that's to get you to buy stuff right so that you can like level them up right but it is just like make money yeah (laughs) i don't care yeah and so like teams are just like useless but like yeah no that would be great if like the teams were just like oh, this is my single-player team or whatever, but then, like, these other teams are, like, my asynchronous multiplayer teams. Right. And it could give you two off the bat or whatever, and you pay to get a third or fourth. Mm. That'd be dope. There's a lot of stuff in this game that I don't like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it seems like there's there's just, like, why, why'd you guys release it? Like, there's so much more you could have done with this game. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the core concept hasn't worn off for me yet, so... Yeah. I think um the the biggest there's like a a lot of parts in this game where there's a lot of just like dumb friction. Like uh yeah. You can combine heroes to make them better or whatever if you have doubles. Yeah. But see so you go to that screen and it just shows all your heroes and it's like why the fuck would you do this, dude? <laughs> like I have like I have like two anime characters that are the same but they all look the same and you're showing me like 50 people also the way is wrong with you also the way to put people like in that upper tile like yeah. so that they're the focus one does is not intuitive at all right especially when you're building also, the team I don't feel i feel like it's not the same between the different things i don't know but like there's one where you tap it and i just wish because i constantly want to try dragging the the hero portrait into the square right to assign that and it's so oh frustrating yeah that i can't yeah, that part's kind of dumb ui um but like yeah, when you're editing your team, you can just like click on the dudes and they automatically add. But when you're like doing the whole like merging two people, you have to like click the square and then click the character. So dumb. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's why I ignore it. Yeah. All I do is is fight. Fight. <laughs> All I do is fight. The training thing is kind of fun. That's the only fun part for me anymore just cuz like it's just like lots of remixes. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and you never you you typically don't get the same map twice, which is pretty cool. Do you yeah. do you pay attention to like the when you're on the the battle select screen and it tells you the composition of the enemy team? Do you pay attention to that at all and like adjust your team accordingly? Like it's like oh this one has three swordsmen, so I'm going to get two only, spearmen. Only when I was like trying to level up specific people, because like my team right now is like RGB neutral color uh-huh and so like if i was like trying to level up my like little girl that's a dragon or whatever that is i don't know what fire emblem's about but 
when that, <laughs> when that character showed up because because I skip I skip the battles too a yeah. lot of the time. And there was one where it was like, oh, it's this little girl, and then my character is dead the next screen. I was like, wait, wait, what just what just <laughs> <Yeah>. happened? Because <laughs> I had skipped the battle. So yeah, but when I was trying to level her up, I would like I would look out for uh, a lot of R R's. She was a G. G. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was looking out for. I was looking. I was hoping to kill lots of bees, but I was wary of ours. But yeah, thank you for no. self censoring yourself. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> gotta watch out for these bees. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a cool game. It's just like it was really weird how like I went from being like into it to not being into it at all. But that's how smartphone games work. Yeah, I, I don't play like, smartphone games that much, so this is new to me. I mean, did you ever play like Tiny Tower or something? No. Tiny like, Tower is pretty fun. You get absorbed into these games. It's, there's a certain like type of game. Like I was like that with Civ Five. Like there's just a weekend that just didn't exist to me because right. it was just absorbed by Civ Five. And a lot of a lot of smartphone games have that some same sort of uh, loop. Yeah, I feel like a lot of phone games. I mean. Okay, but that's like why downwell's so good, right? Is because right. it's like because it's like okay, we've got like the hook, right? That like gets you really quick, but then it's actually got meat to it, right? Um, and I feel like I, I feel like what makes a lot of phone games just sort of like oh, this is really fascinating, and then like you f- you forget it's even installed in your phone within a week, um, is they don't have anything to back up that hook, like right. they just have the hook and it's cool, and then they don't explore it at all, um, yeah. which you know in a marketplace that rewards really fast turnover of 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 products and stuff like that that makes that like i understand why that exists but if you can get that in a mobile game then yeah it's like really cool right but yeah i've been trying to find a game that will replace this as my chilling out on my phone game um is super mario run out on android yet i don't think so no nah, they're so scared of like the piracy on android it's pretty funny at least for you Mario. Should get, Will, you should get Mini Metro. That's been what's the other game I've been playing. On, I played that on a lot on my desktop and I eventually got sick of it, but I played a lot of it. Yeah. Game is... <sighs> Have you been playing that recently, Sam? Or Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, like it? That would be the other game I've been playing. Yeah. like Mini Metro a lot. It's like super minimal, very therapeutic to play, except for like right before you die and then it's like really stressful. Yeah. Um, it always seems to know exactly where not to put the stations. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like you have like this beautiful layout. It's like, yeah. So I've got like, this is like the north side of the city and this is the south. Yeah. And I've got this beautiful diagonal line that like connects them both in multiple <laughs> interchanges throughout the city. And then it's just like plunk Bonk. and it puts down this like, <laughs> you fucked it up. <laughs> like Who's the city planner here? I'll, I'll, yeah, exactly. Like I didn't authorize this. I'll legitimately, <laughs> I'll legitimately like try and like wait for to get another week so i get like a new line or like another locomotive or something right so that i can like deal with that later like i'll get it to <laughs> let it get to like max capacity until i have to deal with it yeah it's pretty bad that's um, the only thing about that game i hate because yeah it is like super relaxing and like have you played endless mode a lot there's an endless mode yeah what that's kind of super relaxing i don't think you can die in that mode here i'm gonna pop it open i is there is there really an endless mode? Because I played it a lot. I've got, well, so I just got this phone, but I haven't. I play like the daily one sometimes, and then there's just play. I guess I guess maybe I haven't beaten it far enough. I don't know. No, like, um, Auckland's the last one. 
Oh, you can select mode down here. I didn't see that. No, and then there's just extreme mode. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't think the mobile has endless mode. That's weird. It's, it's a Unity game. Maybe they couldn't figure out like the garbage collection or some shit to do it. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I, I like it a lot. Um, I really like my favorite. Uh, I, re- I think I really started to like the game. Like, all right, this is like a game I could play for a while. When I got to uh, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's it's Kyoto, I think. And you have um you, they introduce like the Shinkansens. I haven't bullet, played, I've only trains. played one level over and over because I didn't understand <laughs> oh, there was yeah. a difference. They had like they had like bullet trains and you can like assign which lines your bullet trains go to. And uh. they were like really, really fast, but like they don't obey the I stop at every stop. They only go to the stops that have like the most demand. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it's like once you get to that level, it's like, oh man, I'm such a mastermind. Like, <laughs> figure this out so uh yesterday at the rva game jams meetup at the library uh i was talking <laughs> about how i was like done with fire emblem and galen was like just play what did he say it wasn't terra battle i think terra battle. and uh i think he said it was like one of the people that worked on final fantasy's company or something but uh it was like so I, I don't know if this one came up before Fire Emblem or whatever, or like whatever, Kachapon, whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> it was like super disappointing to see the interface because it was like so strikingly similar. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like that, that happened to me a lot with like Flash games like five or six years ago where like I'd play a Flash game and I'd be like, that was cool. Let's play another one. It was just like the exact same game. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so like here I was thinking like Fire Emblem Heroes was just like, you know, all these like weird UX things that I thought were such bullshit and like didn't make any sense. I was like giving it a pass because I was just like, well, you know, like maybe this is kind of like striking some new ground somewhere or whatever. Yeah, nope. no, I was doing it. I was doing that too. I was like, this is like the Fire Emblem experience, right? Like this UI is supposed <laughs> to be cluttered as shit. <laughs> yeah. So kind of, I think. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I've only played a few battles in this game, Terra Battle. And like, it seems really interesting, but like, I don't know if I can wrap my head around it because it's like, it's not like ordering troops around on a map. You have like this grid and you have like these tokens as your dudes or whatever. And uh, you can like move them across the grid like entirely. And you can like turn once or something. And you're supposed to like basically like surround your enemies in like, pincer attacks pincer oh flank them and stuff yeah and so like it's kind of interesting it's kind of fun but it's just like i i don't play these games because i'm like looking for cool strategy stuff like i'm just playing them to pass time yeah and like that takes brain power to be like how do i move these people around i feel like that's me with right. any strategy game <laughs> like there's i was i was talking to mason about this on messenger because i'm very much I feel like learning gameplay should be in- innate and intuitive to a certain degree. So that's why I'm more attracted to action games, like right. first-person shooters and things like that, because the the strategies derive over time and derive from play, whereas I feel like more turn-based and slower-paced games, the strategies, you have to seek them out. Right. It's so like fighting games, and fighting games suffer from that. You know, there's a lot of archaic knowledge yeah. you have to right. absorb over time. Right. But like for something like Civ, they build a bunch of systems, but then, in my opinion, fail to properly communicate them. Oh, okay, yeah. but then how do you feel about something like Dark Souls? 
where I like, don't like Dark Souls. <laughs> At least I've never played it because but I'm very scared like, about playing it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, so so I I need to play Dark Souls. Like I need to like sit down and finally do it. I've played I've played a few bosses worth of the first game, but and I've also watched like a bunch of other friends play it and stuff like that. So right. I know I know like enough about that game, but like the the idea with Dark Souls is that um the control it's like pretty accessible like control wise and like you understand it's like a third person hack and slash right yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. pretty yeah. that's like a given but then there's just like the the level of technique that you can get to, into that like in that game is just really really high like i would say street fighter level of maybe yeah of of technique that you can like you can get like really 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 good at dark souls yeah you know? and and, the, t- and um, the technique is not like what kind of shies me away from that game it's like the focus on animation priority or like you have to kite this enemy around like i was watching right because i i wanted to try to um play neo because from what i've heard neo is basically dark souls but like a little faster pace because it's made by team ninja i made the ninja gaiden games mm-hmm. right so i was like all right let me let me go seek out like some gameplay video of this or something and i watched like the giant bomb quick look i watched like literally like 15 seconds of it till i got to the part where it's the samurai dude that you're playing as kiting this big enemy around is like all right, i'm gonna hit him once all right and i'm gonna run over here right, i'm gonna hit him again okay i'm gonna run in a huge semicircle and then wait for his stamina to deplete and then i'm gonna hit him again i'm like well that's not like i'm much more attracted to like assassin's creed combat or batman's combat or right. uh shadow of mordor like I, I feel like like shadow of mordor if i were to make a hack and slash game i would want to shadow make, mordor is really good i would want it to feel like uh shadow of mordors have you you've played have you played shadow of the colossus no, I haven't played any of the Ico games. I would be really curious what you would. You should play this. Um, I would be really curious what you'd think of what you'd think of Shadow of the Colossus because it is an action game that, to me, plays and feels like a puzzle game. Right. Um, I and mean, that- it's like like you have you have like a bow and arrow and you have a sword and stuff like that. Um, but you're like the whole game is about trying to figure out how to get these bosses into a position right. where you can like climb up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're using like all these context clues and stuff and you're like running away from them, but you're not really, you don't feel like you're like helpless really. You just feel like you have to figure something out and that might be like a, a better approach to that problem than like kiting enemies and stuff like you were right. talking about. Yeah. Right. I mean, shout, I mean, from watching shadow, the Colossus, it always felt like a, a Zelda kind of game to me. So maybe that's where that, that intersection of puzzle in, in gameplay and i've heard people compare dark souls to to zelda as well so i don't know yeah i i think they've got i think they're both better zelda games than any zelda game (laughs) come at me (laughs) if they put z targeting into dark souls (laughs) they kind of do man get all letterbox in the screen i mean dark souls is essentially like ocarina of time but with polished mechanics i might have talked about this on the podcast before but I really agree with Ego Raptor when he said that Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time is a hundred percent a game about waiting for things. Like that whole game, you're just waiting for something to have attacked you and have like yeah. a cooldown so you can hit it. An because God forbid you hit it before, like you'd be aggressive in that game at all. Like the spider <laughs> with the skull on right. it. Yeah, that's like a good example. Yeah. Um, or just like waiting for a drawbridge to open. Like there's so so much of that game you're just like waiting for shit to happen so you can execute something. And I think that, Dark Souls is very much like that, but it that's essentially like the easy mode of Dark Souls, where like you're just like you have your shield up. 
Yeah, but well, Dark Souls allows you to play aggressively. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's why it is like yeah, it's a pass. Yeah, I think that's the part of Dark Souls that I'm attracted to is like the ability of layered strategy. But if only if that layered strategy is communicated well, like the second someone paused the screen and there's like 800 stats and like this super complicated UI for like the pause <laughs> screen, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Especially no. considering there's like it doesn't pause the game; it's just a menu. Really? Yeah, <laughs> and it takes up the whole screen. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day I'm, I might try out Neo because uh, Neo seems interesting. No, not about Neo. I don't know. I mean, it's just everything. Everything that's like a Dark Souls like when I look at it, I'm just like, nah, no, nah. doesn't have it. Not about that. Lords of the Fallen. It's like the it's like the Fago of Dark Souls. I think a lot of people make, not that Neo is this, but I have played some other Dark Souls likes and people are, people like, you know, indie developer X will be like, hey, we're making a game. It's a lot like Dark Souls, but with so-and-so, right? And you play it when it comes out. It's, and like, it's like Tinder, but Dark Souls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it feels like Dark Souls, but like all you really manage to capture is like the frustration, right? Like the, yeah, like the just made it super hard. Right. It's just really hard, but there's none of that. Dark Souls has this like secret level of like patience and finesse that you can get to in that game. And it's such like a fine line that you have to walk and you only hit it once you've gotten like really, really good at the game. Yeah. And I feel like other games that try and do that formula can't, can't accurately hit that line the whole way through the game. It's like, it eventually becomes frustrating or boring or, uh, you can see all the game systems and then it's like really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I played Salt and Sanctuary uh, a little bit and it was like a lot like that. Did you like it? No. Okay. No, I was like, I should just be playing Dark Souls. Like this is Dark Souls <laughs> but with one less axis on the camera. And like not good colors. And yeah, and like weird physics. Seems very like, muddy. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I those, those guys worked really hard in that game and there are a lot of people who really like it so I don't want to like bash it too hard well i mean like, if it's not for you it's not for you yeah it's just that those are the reasons i didn't like it it's kind of a cool story um but i liked i i'm not a i'm not a huge dark souls person from what i've played and i like dark souls better i think people just like when they're making like a dark souls like they're just like getting a lot of the surface stuff like they're just like Ooh, this world is kind of spooky, so I'm gonna make my game like super dark and spooky and grim dark and everything's mean and stuff like that. I know spooky. But there's like a lot of like weird humor in Dark Souls that just like I mean like Dark Souls isn't just like Goth Town or something, you know? Right. <laughs> Goth Town USA. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, so like Dark Souls is just like this weird what dark souls is is like this really strange antique store (laughs) and people are trying to like remake goth dark souls and they're just like making it into like spencer's gifts and like yeah hot topic and yep the good ones are still just like a goth expo store or something but like no i was thinking about this earlier like dark souls is a antique store like (laughs) because like you go into an antique store and like whether you're into it or not, it's like layers of stuff, you know? Yeah. And like the more you dig, the more interesting stuff you find. It's just like saturated with stories, you know? Yeah. But like there's nobody like there like it's not written down what the story like 
it's not like you're listening to a audio it's 100 percent authentic right it's not like trying right. to yeah yeah right i i think i yeah i totally agree with you like a lot of the a lot of like the hey we made a game and it's like dark souls but whatever is like it, it's like a replication of that right so it can't be like as good yeah but yeah, Dark Souls is awesome. Yeah, well, I'm done. I'm done listening to Dark Souls. <laughs> this ain't this ain't Dark Souls cast. Well, so the the other mobile game that I got to quench my thirst for fun games is uh, Tanks of Freedom. It's on itch. It's free. Uh, apparently, I think it's open source too. Wait, and it, you got it on your phone? Yeah. How does one download an itch game to one's phone? Android. Dude. Yeah, Android man. Just give you the. What's the file called? APK. APK. Yeah. yeah. You ha- you can't be very courageous. You're just looking down at my <laughs> iPhone. It's like, yeah, I dude, well. I mean, I just I just got one. Yeah, iPhone. Yeah, unite. I just got a success. I got I got I, I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not like happy with it. I I, I got it because I want to. Um... Whoops. Uh, <laughs> now I don't have an iPhone. I want to. No, I got it. I got it because uh, obviously. Silent Earth is not going to make any money from the Google Play Store, right? The Googs. <laughs> no money from the Googs. So, yeah, I broke my phone at Magfest, and so I had to get I had, so I had to get an iPhone to um to like to test Silent Earth on. So I figured it might as well be my daily driver, anyways. Uh huh. Um, and I'm like, I get why people like it because the software is like oh, amazing. Like it's 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 really well designed. Uh, it's really well, um. It's it's very it's like airtight, right? Like there's not of this like I swiped down, but the thing like came down for yeah, like yeah. two frames and then went back up, and I don't know why. There like, are there are some bugs. Like being someone that uses the podcast app every day, podcast app can be pretty buggy sometimes. <laughs> right, and I mean it's it's obviously not perfect. No piece of software is, but like there's also shit about it that just like infuriates me. Like why is that folder full screen? Like on an Android, it's just it's just like yeah the, the, it opens up and the icons occupy like the space on the grid so you want to be able to tap both those icons and the icons no, I just in the regular to pop screen open, but they're too they're too bid like busy like jizzing all over themselves with this fucking depth of field effect and it's just <laughs> like, like come on like yeah it's an experience or whatever but like some of us want to be i mean it, apple does apple's never really catered to people who like want to power use their devices no definitely not right so like i i get why most people wouldn't care about that. There's like other shit too. Like, why do I need perpetual access to a calculator at all times? <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, why can't you why can't edit I swap that? Yeah, it's them just out? you <laughs> divide it by ten and double it, right? right. That's how you get tip. Okay, can we be done with that? <laughs> right. I don't, th- I don't think it, that's right. You I'm, multiply it by point like one. Work point two. I actually need to be using a calculator. You just move the decimal point over. Mul- multiply by two. You just got your multiply tip. Multiply by a hundred. That's your tip. <laughs> Just leave five bucks. Just any time. Yeah. We're at Starbucks. <laughs> five dollar tip on the coffee. And like uh, the animations are dope. They Okay, they were dope for like the first like two days of owning the phone. Like this thing to go to the timer where it like zooms through everything is cool until like you're so used to it and you're just like, all right, come on, just like get to the get to the thing, you know, and it's I don't know. The camera, I will say, is really, really good. I've never take had a, a picture of this. Take oh, is this a seven plus? Yes, dude. The, the yeah. camera on this thing is ridiculous. Take, take a picture of Will's smiling face. You I know, will. the camera on this the is rated better. The, the pixel, pixel. It is, yeah, it, it is. is. Which is like the first time in history. I know. Hey, Will. What's up? 
That's actually a good picture. Um, yeah, but like the yeah. lighting, like it's it's ridiculous. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was that. But like, look at that. Yeah, it's a great picture. And I had a six plus, and I had a good camera. But sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm super into it. I, I'm super into the camera. Well, I mean, I guess it, the last one I had was built in 2014. So yeah, the camera was like, it was a 2014 Moto X. So yeah, the camera was balls. But like, but those Moto X, those, those are not good little phones. Every phone has a good camera now. Yeah. So that's not really like a huge plus. I don't know. I I do like I like iMessage since since I use a Mac. Yeah. Day to day, and that's cool. Um, it's really convenient. I'm trying to think if there's any other things I like super like about oh, it. Man, to this day, I, I still hate f- that I have to like I can't. There's no way where where for my apps to hide. Like on Android, there's like a big folder, right? What do you mean? Like, like here, go to go to your go to your apps. Like, yeah. So, uh, like the the tray. Yeah. The so like tray. I have I have all my work stuff apps there, all my game stuff apps there. I have all my Google stuff here. Right. All my but social for media, all the apps, and then for all, all the, the stuff I don't right. use. Or just in the drawer. Because it's something that you use like once a year. And right. You don't really want to see like, it. Like I have Google Home on here so that I can connect to my Chromecast, but I don't need to use that app more than once per Chromecast that I ever encounter in life, right? Right. So like, so why the fuck does it have to occupy a space on the desktop of the device? You know, it's just like. I don't know. I'm, I'm otherwise, way too incensed about Otherwise it. people would, would not know where it was. Like I'm saying people that are not technically savvy be like, where's my app? Right, those people should grow up. Right, I mean <laughs> they, they have grown up. Will <laughs> they? They're older people, than you. Those people they are. Those, yeah, I mean, let's. Those people are dying out, right? So, like, sure. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just. I, I always felt like I, I I see some great design with Apple stuff, but I think a lot of the great design with Apple is just word of mouth, like people saying it has great design. Well, I think it's it's been so rooted yeah. in culture at this point that like. It's just it. People just assume that Apple products are better. Well, it was really right. funny, so they're like sort of defining year. what good design is, right? Just because Which is everyone's a shame like, we have to make it like an Apple product. Because like the human interface guidelines, or I'm not going to speak to all the guidelines, but like some of the app icons are ugly as hell. Right. Ugly as sin. Yeah. That settings icon, that Safari icon, oh, they're just bad. They just look bad. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that they haven't haven't switched it i read this really good article when they changed this this new design however many years ago it was with ios like six or seven or whatever it was Mm -hmm. talking about like how intuitive how it made sense how the old camera icon was just the camera on the screen and that it always occupied the upper right hand corner by default it just made sense it's like it was this weird like skeuomorphic interpretation of you're tapping on this and then you're kind of like going to the opposite side of the phone to interact with the camera. But now it's this ugly ass, just gray, skeuomorphic picture of a ca- camera, like an old, like Polaroid. And it looks like garbage. Yeah. Like I, I don't, as, as anti button as Apple is, I don't know why they don't. And as, as much as their camera is, why don't they just have like a dedicated camera button? Like on the side, like a hardware button. Yeah. Like a hard button on the side of the phone. You just click that and you're in the app. And that's like, you don't, there's no like, maybe they could still have an icon that you would tap on, but like as much as they sell the iPhone being the camera phone, right? Like it's the world's most used camera, whatever. Uh So they market it. Just have like, or like tap your lock button twice or something. And then it's like in the camera, but that takes you to, where does it do? Or three times. I don't know. It's some other (laughs) macro. (laughs) But that, but that makes me invert the colors on my screen. (laughs) 
<laughs> I turn that I turn that on accessibility. Uh. <laughs> so it's a three tap inverts the colors. I don't know. I just uh, yeah. You, you, I I I think I agree with you in that. Um, a lot of their sort of design design philosophies uh, have become a bit schizophrenic. Like because they're still like trying to cater to. They still have like the sort of skeuomorphic mindset of when the iPhone was first coming. We have to like teach people how to use this device, but now everyone knows how to use it, so they kind of feel obtuse. But, yeah, it's, it's right. hard to it's hard to move away from that. I mean, when right. when when Scott because Scott Forstall is the one that designed like the skeuomorphic. He led the design team when they were doing the skeuomorphic design, and then he was ousted. And then they took all both hardware, they took industrial design and software, graphic design, and merged it all all under Johnny Ive. And I still think it just hasn't gelled. Yeah, well, I mean, they came out with a fucking whatever four hundred dollar book about it. Did you see that? Yeah, did you see that coffee table book? Um, it's yeah, it's a coffee table book titled simply. uh, I can read it from the back of my phone. Fuck you! You'll buy this. More or less, designed by Apple in California. Uh Is the name of the book, and it's like did did it also say four hundred dollars manufactured in Japan or China? (laughs) Right, (laughs) assembled in China by Foxconn. No. Um, This many employees committed suicide to construct this book. Um, but it's just a book of pictures of Apple products. It's just a product guide. <laughs> it's like fucking gross as shit. And, and Johnny Ive, he was like, this is a gentle gathering of our most famous. <laughs> That's what he said. It's like they went to store.apple.com and then just hit command P and then just printed every page <laughs> on the store oh, site. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it was just like Apple relies on people just like assuming that they're the best for everything. Like this year, pretty much, or like last year when everybody just like all of a sudden realized like, wait, why does everybody assume that Mac is better for artists? Like, what? Well, it used to be because the um, the monitors. Right, but that was like best color 30 choice. years yeah. ago. Yeah. I don't know. Because I remember like in high school, people being like, well, you should get a Mac if you want to like make digital art. And I was like, what for? And they're like, because uh, uh, everybody <laughs> knows Macs are better for artists. And I was just like, <laughs> right I'm just why along. though? And they're like, uh, they don't get viruses. <laughs> <laughs> the steam's pouring out of yeah. their ears. And it's just like, this is like, I, I just never, I've I've always been poor. So I've always been like, vehemently opposed to macintosh apple all that stuff i was until i started making mobile games and then i was like well i gotta change my tune real fucking quick (laughs) can i get that xcode (laughs) i want to make some money please yeah i get that xcode son i um i just bought a new macbook i bought one of the pros not the one with the touch bar because i'm not dropping an extra six hundred dollars or whatever it is to get a fucking touch bar doom (laughs) 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 but uh I, i don't know i i use a i use a you know, I have a PC that I built and I use a, a, a Windows laptop um, for work. It's a crappy Windows laptop. It's like some low-end Dell. But um, I feel like growing up, I was burned so much because we would just buy crappy Dells or crappy compacts and with all the bloatware and all the shit on it yeah. that I just was like, just taught me to dislike Windows. And Windows is like 10, Windows 10 is fine. Like there's n- no qualms with Windows 10. It gets the job done. But... Um, I don't know. I kind of grew up like I bought my my first computer yeah, that I Apple bought kit. myself was an iMac. Yeah. Is this iMac? Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I don't know. I I like I like the Apple Apple ecosystem. Like I like the user friendliness to it. 
Like I was the only kid in computer science de- in the computer science department that had an iPhone because I was just like, you know, I don't need to root kit my phone. Right. That's fine if you want to. That's fine if you want a, a you know Linux Mint on your laptop. I don't care. I rooted my first Android phone. Got a um, what what is it when you use it as a modem? Tethered it. Uh huh. And got a. Uh, <clears throat> did I tell this story on the podcast? I don't think so. Oh man, should I tell <laughs> the long story or the short story? I'm going to tell the short story. Oh, okay. Uh, I got I I the the long and short of it is that, is that I got out of a thirty two thousand dollar phone bill <laughs> because I really wanted to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Just play the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, you can play the Curb Your Enthusiasm song yeah. for the punchline of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Meta is fuck. <laughs> the, the like the takeaway from it is like I'm probably the reason why like you don't get unlimited data <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Holy and I'm really shit! Sorry. Well, how I'm, much data was that? I'm like ninety percent sure that was me. <laughs> That's so funny. How, um, how much was it? I think I used sixty four gigs. Oh my god! <laughs> and, I didn't realize there were sixty four gigabytes of curb. Yeah, I would. I, that doesn't well, surprise me. No, because they're on like five seasons or something. Nah, I, it was at like. I think it was eight at the time. It was HD. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I've only watched like two seasons of Curb, so yeah, I have yeah. no idea. If it was like HD video, like I'm, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's probably like probably like five or six gigs per season. I don't know. Yeah, holy shit, that does make sense. Did you guys hear about um, FiOS uh, Instant? What's that? So they Steam Direct. <laughs> we'll get the Steam Direct, but FiOS Instant is basically they're doing a new tier of FiOS. And it's 750 megabit, and there are three test markets. I think it's New York City, I want to say Philadelphia, and us. Oh, really? Richmond? Yeah. Damn, better move. And it's, uh, I need to get new new house. And it's uh, 150 a month, oh, 750 yeah, megabit. Dude. But if you're like living with people and you like split that shit, you just have like crazy fast internet for Yeah, days. man. Oh, I, my God. I have regular files. I have the 100 megabit, and it's like, oh, need to pull down a three gig podcast file? No problem. It's down. Four minutes. Damn, that's pretty sick, dude. I like it a lot. That's sweet. I want um, that Google Fiber. Fibre. Sort of going back for a second. <laughs> um, I think the reason why Apple products had that sort of like, like, like at least the reason why they had that like artist perception that was like valid for a time beyond like the monitor shit yeah. was that like the most, one of the most widely used softwares for uh, video editing in the whole film industry was Final Cut Pro. Yeah. And then for like a long time, and then they fucked it up with yeah, 10. Yeah, then went to shit. Right. But like, but like that was like, there were whole studios that they were just like, all right, we have to buy Max because it's like the best one then everyone knows it, right? Mm-hmm. For like a long, long, long time. So I can see how that perception would sort of like creep it's, in. It's just like, oh, I've, I've, this is what I've learned on. And, and Adobe Creative Cloud is so agnostic at this point. Oh, um, yeah. I'm just like, whatever. Like, do it on whatever yeah, machine I, I need I to. I think I enjoy using Adobe products more on my Windows machine. Do you? Yeah, which is really weird. But, like, I, I, I tend to find that they have better performance on my Windows computer. I mean, it's a beefier computer. Yeah, right? you have control over but it. But they, like, crash less. So, I don't know. I just like having the multi-touch controls help out a lot for oh, me. right. I yeah. think, like, the larger issue for me, like, I don't really care if people like Mac or Apple stuff. Uh, like they're wrong, but it's fine. I mean, like it's just like I don't, I don't mind it either. Like if I had, if I have a Mac, uh, I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, 
what's dumb is just it's just like Ford Chevy bullshit where it's just like nah maybe everybody just makes shitty computers so who cares <laughs> right or like you know like it's kind of just like except for Gateway R.I.P. yeah like <laughs> Like if you spend like two grand on a computer, you're gonna have a dope computer. If you spend like two hundred bucks on a computer, you're gonna have a shitty computer. Yeah, or Chromebook. It does. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Okay, Chromebook. Yeah, yeah. Apple doesn't make. The reason why Apple computers are expensive is because to sell anything, to make anything cheaper, right? Would it like their brand leans on having expensive shit? Like, right? They're all that good, right? But I mean, a twelve hundred dollar. $2,000, whatever, Windows machine will be just as well built. The company just also... It's going to be better. Like Dell or whatever is just like also targeting like, you know, a a budget market as well. It's going to be better because like that razor blade, like the 960M in it is like $1,800. That's way better than whatever Intel graphics card they're putting in the MacBook Pros. Right. That's true. Anyway. All right. So, um... We have some news articles I kind of want to get to. Sure. Yeah. So we're switch gears. Yeah. Sorry. Oh wait. No, that's fine. I derailed this back so, to Apple. Uh, battle. What is it? What was it? What was my thing? Battle uh, of tanks. Battle tanks. Of, tanks of war. Tanks of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's really cool. It's kind of like a. No, they're not tanks of war. Oh yeah, that's how we started talking about Apple. Was yeah. Like, yeah. You can't get it on your stupid iPhone, Dylan. <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh darn, can't get tanks of freedom. <laughs> kind of reminds me a little bit of Advance Wars. It's isometric, which I kind of don't like, but like, mm. it's cool. Um, I think the main difference is like, uh, Advance Wars feels like you're playing zoomed out on a battlefield. Like, and when you have like your tank dude in your mind, it's like inherently like. This is like my tank squad. Like it's my tanks. Right. The one unit represents a, yeah. a squadron. And this feels more like a turn-based kind of like command and conquer where you just have like, this is my dude on this tile. Like it's not a squadron of dudes and this is my tank. But you go around, it's turn-based, it's movement-based, it's AP-based. Uh, it's really cool. cool. What's it called again? Tanks of Freedom. Tanks of Freedom. And it's free. Tanks of Freedom. I think it's I think it's on PC as well, but... um. I wanted something on my phone. Tanks, of, tanks of Freedom Fire Age. Yeah. <laughs> Clash of Tanks. Oh, wow. That game is like super cute. Yeah. So it, I, I recommend it. I've, I've played several battles with it. It's pretty fun. Uh, I don't know if it does anything like super interesting or really well, but I mean, for a free game, it's got a cool, cool look to it. Battle. Oh, it's got a map editor. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Huh. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, man, I might get this uh, on my computer. How much? How much is it? Free. <gasps> free. <dude. laughs> He's an Apple user. He doesn't know it. Yeah. What free is? It just means you don't have to pay <laughs> no, for it. I know. I know what. <laughs> I know what not paying for apps means because I'm like, oh, three dollars for this? Nah, I don't need it. <laughs> like, I'm. I'm. Uh, real quick, I, I was. I went back to Super Mario Run after I downloaded it, like in December. And I've like, started playing it a little bit more, but I still haven't bought it because I'm just doing the first like three levels that you get and just trying to collect all the different coin colors yeah. because you have to like go through and get the pink coins and the purple coins and the black coins. Um, and I've done that for the first level and then I'm trying to do it for the second level. Though it's really shitty because the, the castle at the end of the first world, you tap on it and it says you want to play the first 20 seconds. I'm like... No. Oh, that's so gross. Where the fuck am I going to get into? Like, what does that tell me about the experience of this level playing it for (laughs) 20 seconds? Nintendo. That's so stupid. Jesus Christ. 
All right. We we have some there's some stuff happened this week that mm. we, we can we can talk about. But the first one is that green light is going to be no more. Woo. Um <laughs> Sam, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the drop in green light, which means that you don't basically have to submit your game, pay the hundred dollar recoupable fee? No. Or one no, time fee. It's not recoupable. One time. Yeah, it's one time, which is like it should be per game, guys. Um <laughs> and uh then you have to get a certain number of upvotes, which they never really there's no like heart there's no right. amount there's it's there's just some yeah it's Our, just like that's good enough yeah you have to convince enough, enough people to like your game that it goes up to some imaginary like unseen right it's ladder it's super fucking opaque and yeah. just like really yeah um so yeah okay so i actually don't know how i feel about it i'm like mostly happy um Purely because green light systematically is a mess, which for the reasons that we're like we just talked about, right? right. Like the like you don't know how many votes it takes. Um, a one time fee is stupid; it should be per game. Um, because I mean, you have guys that just like crank out like twenty joke games a year, a bunch of shovelware. Yeah, and it's like okay. I mean, like like I get that we have to have a low barrier of entry, so like third world devs and stuff can like you know have a voice, and that's important. But like. No one cares about your fucking meme games. Like, stop putting them on this marketplace. Go Wait. put them on. <laughs> go put them on itch or something like that. Nyan Cat Twenty Seven is gonna set the world on fire. Right. The thing that gets me though is like, so like all these people that are just like churning out asset store flips or whatever. Like, there is a step in the process where Valve has to be like, yes, okay, this game can get on the storefront. Like, it's not automatic. Is like, well, I mean, and right. you have the most experience about this because you've, of that you've, opaque. You've, you've, yeah. Right. And so, like, what gets me is, like, people just, I don't think it was all Greenlight's fault that shit like that happened. Because there was a step in the process for Valve to be like, oh, obviously this isn't going to be on the store. Well, this, like, Greenlight came out before they did their big discovery update, whatever, whenever they, like, redid yeah. their algorithm. So that you bought, you, you bought Had a Full Boyfriend once and now you... <laughs> Only get <laughs> fucking visual novel recommendations. Hey, I heard you like anime. Yeah, but it's I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they made green light as a response to like how Steam used to be, and now that Steam has kind of changed to a certain extent, and the I, fucking flood, constant yeah. deluge. Yeah, of I games. totally agree with you. It's an oversteer, like like by far. I mean, okay, so I, I personally. This is a controversial opinion, but I think it should be $1,000 per game to put a game on Steam. I, that that sounds reasonable. I like, think so, too. And what you should do is you should just put your game on itch, make the $1,000 on itch. And then use and that then to fund never them. go on Steam and just be on itch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, had a different, I have a different tact. Because <laughs> I think itch is a good like test market, for lack of a better term. I mean, I think itch, itch is great by itself. Like, if you just want to be an itch guy i think that's fine i'm trying to think of an itch exclusive that has made a lot of money overland 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 their refinery really yeah game okay but that's like capybara right isn't overland capybara? No, no some it's a adam um, saltzman's yeah it's capybara thing. right no uh finji finji's oh, like right, the cute right. yeah yeah sorry thing, it's ant yeah. Cute animal yeah. studio. It's a different cute yeah. animal. Yeah, different wait, cute wait, animal. Wait, yeah. what's it called? Fingy. Fingy. Yeah, what, Fingy. What is the Fingy? 
no, I don't think that's the animal. I think the animal might be like a seal or something. Oh, so their icon right. is yeah. an animal and then it's, it's called okay. And yeah. it looks like it looks like Capybara though. Like okay. if you go and look <laughs> Yeah, it's like a <laughs> skinny like three of them stacked <laughs> yeah. on top of each other, just like Cappy. <laughs> um Oh you're right. Yeah, no, I'm such an idiot. It's not Capybara. But Big those apology. are two very similar um, companies, I think. Yeah. But I mean it is it's okay, so it's Adam Saltzman's game, but yeah. there, there are no like uh okay, so like Undertale is like a you know, a huge like sleeper indie hit. Right. right. Like that that has not happened on itch, and I don't think that sorry, and I don't <laughs> I don't think that itch has the capability to produce a sleeper hit like that right now. I don't I don't think so either, because I mean because there's no like most like the like the gamers. What is the install base of itch? Right, exactly. Right, but I don't you know? think Steam made Undertale. Uh, like I don't think Steam produced Undertale. I think success. Steam helped. I think I think Undertale wouldn't have happened without Steam. I think Steam helped keep yeah. the ball rolling on like on right. Undertale. But like otherwise, Undertale just would... because just because you have like that w- with with that like critical mass of users, right? Like you know you you would have to have that to make that much success, right? Right. Um, not that, I mean, it, it's sort of like a once in a blue moon thing, right? Like not everybody's yeah. making undertale, right? So it's like sort of irrelevant anyways. Yeah. But like, so kind of, kind of, so kind of directing it back to specifically steam, uh, steam direct. The benefits of this are that it's more transparent. It's that you purchase, you buy per game. They haven't said yet. They say it's going to be between a hundred and five thousand dollars access to put your game on the store that fee is recoupable. So basically Steam doesn't, the way it's being interpreted right now is that Steam doesn't take a cut of your revenue until you earn back what you spent to get on the store and then they take their cut. They haven't said that though, have they? No. But that's, that's just what people are like, this would make sure sense. Of, yes. Right. And otherwise, I, I mean, I mean, I guess it's still recoupable. It's like, Steam isn't making money on like they're not making money on green light registrations right <laughs> that's that's it's a purely nice there is like a mechanical like to keep to keep everything in this under the fucking sun from flooding on a steam right exactly so so like but switching to this kind of shows and and, and a certain light shows that they've kind of given up to a certain extent it's like we don't know how to do this curation from this like the small small indie level but right, also because like people with a lot of money can still make shitty games right like Right, but also they're kind of showing a confidence in their algorithm that their algorithm is going to be able to pick the gems out of. No, that algorithm shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know nothing. I mean, that algorithm is like the Mac and the Mac hype of game <laughs> storefronts. They're like, it's going to be so good, and then, but and then, like the other thing is, you know, I, people people are like, oh, we'll just use the tag system, and it's like. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you really know what you're looking for, and you use Steam a lot, and you're like a seasoned Steam customer or whatever, and you like, know all the Steam memes, so you can actually navigate that shit. Right, tag system. Steam memes. Like then, then yes, you might be able to find some, discover some games on your own that are good. But I constantly find myself on Steam relying on just like the weekly like either external sources or just like the weekly like here's some things you might like that came out of oh, the queue or yeah the queue right um and so yes i think it's like we should have a higher price just to cut like cut down on the noise because like even if that doesn't include my game i would just rather have a place where like there's a bar of quality right you know, right, but what I'm saying is like there, there's a specific step in Greenlight to do that. 
and they just don't do that. Right. I think, well, because, because there was that, um, maybe you guys heard about this. I can't remember the name of the game, but it's like a really Yatori or something simulator. Yatori. Oh yeah. The the one where you like take panty shots of, you take panty shots and like fucking assassinate people. And it's like really creepy. Yeah. And Twitch was like, all right, we're not, we don't think this is appropriate content. Right. We're a private company. Yeah. You can't have your fucking game on here, you know? And like. And so I guess maybe, and there was a huge amount of backlash to Twitch from that. Like right. a Wait, shit Twitch? Load. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like you couldn't stream it. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. wouldn't let the dev stream um, his like development sessions of the game. Got it. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what the game is called. Something simulator. Um, Japanese word simulator. But it's like, it, it's like pretty explicit and like parts of the game are pretty crass and like definitely an AO game. Right. Like, yeah. I would say. Right. Um, oh boy. And so, and so Twitch was like, I, I, Twitch had every right to do this. They were like, all right, we're not going to show this game on here. And I really think the reason why Steam has not chosen to participate in that step is because they're very afraid of having to answer that question, right? Of, of what's okay of like and what's not. Having to make that decision and like filter some things and not other things because it eventually comes down to bias. Well, I mean, they were, they were well, kind I, of like, okay doing that with hatred. Well, no, well, but also because I think the, the way they're doing it opens up those doors because they're just like, Oh yeah, literally the worst games ever. Come on in, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, this one you can't. Well, we can't have this because you're like raping teenagers." And right. Stuff. I mean, they've put themselves in the position, but they're still afraid of being in that position. But if they were like, if they were doing quality control, then like instead of being like, "Well, you know, like this is," they could just be like, "Sorry, that didn't make the cut." But the thing is, like, like that's they, all they would have. They to can't do. really do quality control because Steam is kind of notorious for bad customer support. And I just because I think like, and this is completely out of my ass. I think they're just understaffed. I just don't think Valve. Valve wants to be the right. innovator. Well, and well, because the way they run the company is like, we won't hire people to do this. We'll just build really good tools about it. Right. And and then they, they unplug uh, my computer and roll just, my desk over I here. Don't, don't buy that at all because itch is like a handful of people and they can curate a dope front page all year long. Like. But can like I mean I can't speak to it, but like when I go to the itch front page and I go to the Steam front page, I feel like they're equivalent to me. It's like to me, it's just like I don't know what to look at. I mean, they're 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 showing things to me, but I mean, it's still on me to figure out what. They don't update the itch storefront at like Panoramical has been up on the itch storefront for like right months and months and months and months. Not that I'm complaining about Panoramical, but it's like I I think that they kind of like have some like Hallmark titles that sort of stick around for a while. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so does Steam. Like, I still get Dota 2 shit. <laughs> that's I think, their I game, though. There's yeah. a reason I mean, for that. Well, yeah, no. that's their game. Um, and, I, like, occasion. I mean, they. I, I think that the way, you, like, you sort of become relevant again on Steam is, like, through a sale or something. So, like, like yeah. hey, Rocket League's 15% off or whatever. and Or 15, right. sorry, percent off. And then they'll, like, show it again. Um, But I think Steam generally focuses on the newest content. Yeah. I would say. Well, that and updated content, which developers can just kind of like. Can and that's the uh, other part of Greenlight. There's so many half-baked like and abandonware games, yeah. right? Yeah. I hated going on. This doesn't matter at all, but I hated going on the Greenlight like polling page and like half the game swatches were animated. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I love that. You did? Yeah, me yeah. too. I love gifts, dude. Just oh, like. But I was like, but your title image your title banner shouldn't be a gift 
Just like it just it just no, like I totally think it should. Yeah, nails on a chalkboard to me. Really? Yeah. Damn, dude. I love it. It's I want the whole internet to be gifts. Like yes. I don't want to I want to text people and gifts. Streaming like, gifts constantly. Yeah, just like send people gifts of like I don't know, like American Psycho <laughs> gifts and that's like how I talk to people, right? Like But I mean like <laughs> so like if you look at a if you look at a a title like that gives you no information about the game, but if the title's animated it anyway, even if it's just like juice on the title it gives you some kind of indication of the game i guess it's just i don't know just on the regular steam page or the steam storefront they don't do that so when i went to there and i was just like oh, i'm uncomfortable and it was a lot of like <laughs> bad pixel art too and i was like yeah, yeah. i don't know i think steam is trash i remember episode 30 where you, <laughs> you made that proclamation i think I'm like really pissed off that I own so many games on Steam. Like, I want, like, so, like, it was cool back in the day when you were just like, cool, everything comes with the Steam key, basically. Or, like, even if it doesn't, product key works on Steam. Great. I'm I can still, have still it on like Steam. that now. I want to have that for itch. That'd be cool. I want to go through my Steam library. Remember when GOG did that kind of thing? I think it was GOG. It might have been Disturb. I don't remember. But they were like, yeah, if you own this game on Steam, you can unlock oh, it on. I vaguely remember yeah. that. And it wasn't it wasn't that many games, but it was still pretty cool. Almost switched over then entirely. Now yeah. GOG is curated. That is some hand curation that happens there. It's actually pretty hard to get onto GOG. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I know I know more people that have gotten rejected from GOG than accepted. Really? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely like twenty five, seventy five split. I think C D Project Red well managed i think they know what they're doing just i want to fucking work for them dude (laughs) (laughs) learn polish yeah i would oh my god but so overall i think this do you think this is a better even if it is like a half-baked step this is a better step i don't know i think it's i think it'll it doesn't make any sense to me i mean it's just this it's this kind of thing where like so right now and this is probably because of where i am in my development like I went through a phase with Redshift Blue Shift where we were like, yeah, let's make money with this. And then after that, like tremendously failed. I was just like, God, why did I stress out so much about money when it could have just been like for fun? Right. And so now I just want to make games for fun. I might sell them just for some pocket change or whatever, but like it's not about selling games anymore. And so like when people are like, if you're serious about your game, you can make that thousand dollars, bruh. And it's like, mm. if you're serious about your like directly business, quoting like, me, <laughs> but I mean, like, it's just like, if you're serious about the business of your game, you can maybe do that. Yes. That's but absolutely like, true. That doesn't mean that you're serious about your game because like, there's also a shitload of people that are making like really shitty games that have really like bland gameplay and like really trite graphics and like, and they're just serious about the like business end only. And they, yeah, they can do the thousand bucks because they've like got producers and they've got like some dude with millions of dollars, I guess, just being like, yeah, go to all the cons, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it rubs me the wrong way when it's just like, it's a, it's a high enough barrier of entry to like discourage everyone that's poor and everyone that's not serious about their game, quote unquote. Yeah, and that, well, but then it's like the the question is like, okay, so and I was talking about this with my friend earlier today, like, so 
a thousand dollar barrier to entry on Steam would like super discourage thir- third world devs, right? Which yeah. is like, you know, ga- game developers are becoming more and more ubiquitous. Like they they need to have a voice. It can't just be Western right. white dudes making will making video games. <laughs> well, I mean, y- you guys yeah. know what I mean, right? Um, but the pr- the the question that you're sort of asking there is, being that Steam is like the primary vector by which most at least most PC gamers consume the art form, right? Does that give them the responsibility of setting the barrier low? Like, does that, does that give them the responsibility of dealing with the fact that there are poor people in the world and there are rich people in the world? Is that their problem to solve? Or is that just something that we have to be like, well, you know, it's the best we can do because if that's the way the world works, right? Like, I mean, look at any other like medium or art form, like does, does, does Amazon have that? Like, does Amazon have to bear that burden with like publishing every book, or does you know Hollywood bear that burden of like, like finding like like indie films or like screenwriters from third world? Like, I'm trying to think. Right, wait. So, so they don't maybe right, but like, but like, is not that that's right, right? Exactly. So, is that something that we should be doing, and should our art form and industry? try and set set the example being that we're so new and have the opportunity to make this decision now you see what i'm saying like yeah. I, so it's it's a really hard problem but then at the same time it's like i don't want to have to sift, sift through all these shitty games you know and that's like everybody's everybody's like knee-jerk response which i have too right like i mean i think that the i think that the barrier to entry is better but at the same time there are a shitload of downsides so it's really hard right. to you know i mean i just like it's weird to me that people are upset about sifting through bad games because there's so many ways to not do that. Like, right. Sort about by like, popularity. You know what I mean? Like that's all you need to do to make a curated right, storefront. But like, that's the same way as, I mean, for games, it's a little easier because game, because anything that's like visual like that, there's kind of a, there's a, but putting it, putting a sort, sorry, I'm, can I, can I interject really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Putting a sort by popularity, like, option is a form of curation right right so like steam already does curating to an extent why not just like do it you know like why not just why not just have that be the standard right so i'm confused what do you mean uh having the option to sort by popularity or sort by most downloads or like um even sort by like what your friends like that's like a form of curation Uh uh-huh Right. So even though Steam is not taking the authorship of the creation, they're give they're what they're doing is saying, essentially, this game has made a lot of money, so we're giving you the option to look at all the games that everyone else likes and that make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You don't actually have to discover anything on your own. If there was no curation, it would just be like the fucking internet, and everyone would just have like a web page, and you would just have to like, like type random shit in. And hope that you came across a video game, right? right? So there is some curation that Steam does implicitly. And I think that's like, I think because they do that already, it's like weird to say, no, we're not actually curating anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that sort of making it, sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I, like, I understand. I, I, I think there's a greater question here where it's like, okay, back in, back in the day, let's say like back 2007, maybe a little earlier, where it's like, you know, let's, Let's go with like the the pop culture like view of like okay braid was like that big breakout hit right and then like that and during that era there's the assumption that if you got on steam because there was no like 
you had to know a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy at Valve yeah, get to a get your or thing yeah. on Steam, you were insured money because there was just this assumption that no matter what was on Steam, there was a there was a there was a bar there's assumption yeah. that there was a bar of quality, right? And then like all these indies were able to work their backroom deals or you know and not that it's bad but like they were able to find a connection to get them on steam and then they were able to make money and then more people saw that so more people wanted to make indie games or more like well-known developers left their full-time jobs being working for whatever development studio to make indie games and so you had this huge influx of indie games and i feel like the mindset of steam kind of being the bastion the last bastion of okay if i get on steam i'm good and we're still trying to break out of that mindset yeah i think people mistake steam getting on steam and steam curation for marketing they confuse it for play testing they confuse it for all these things like yeah there's still this through line where it's like okay if i make a game I just make a game, don't even, like, just make it. Just make whatever's in my head, I just put it in the code, and I make the game run. Right. And then that's the that's the beginning and end of game development, and then I package that up, and I, I build that out into a .exe, and then I put that on a storefront, it, it and then used that's to be. It. It, it. It used to be, and then, you know, we're talking about the indie apocalypse at this point. Like, right. like, like, that used to be how it was done. I mean, like, um, my friend Eli... Uh, who I've talked to you guys about a few times. He runs mm-hmm. 2D Ray. They put a game out called Not the Robots, um, which is a good game. It wouldn't like I, I saying this as Eli is like as as my like one of my best friends that I've ever had. That game wouldn't stand a chance without a shitload of marketing. In like, in this day and age, they put it out on Steam. They they met, they were with I believe Tiny Build. Okay. Um, which they're a and good got a, and got a publisher right right and got a publisher before. Greenlight happened and it they did like very little marketing comparatively to what you have to do now. And I I don't mean I don't know numbers or anything, but the game was successful. Like Eli's lived off the profits. It was great, right? Um you can't like I I'm I wonder if see, and they were they sort of talk you heard a lot of people say they were talking about this sort of at Steam Dev Days. But they were also the, like the, the sentiment I believe that Steam had, the mentality that they had hoped for is that having an open marketplace is self-curating and that like the good games automatically get discovered no matter what. But I just, I think that there's so much noise at this point that like nobody can get that initial voice out. Right. To like float to the top. Even if you make like the best fucking game ever, like you can, like Redshift Blue Shift was really, really, really good. I have a shitload of fun playing that. And it's not like your fault that it didn't do well, right? Well, it sort of is. But yeah, well, that's the, that, but that, that that's what, what I'm I getting mean, at. Like the, your fault is a designer, right? Maybe right. you didn't market it or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking. I think people don't. There's still this. People aren't seeing the piece. Like my, I don't give a shit how how whatever the the system is to get on Steam. What I give a shit about is people. Game developers are still kind of bad, no matter how many fucking Gamma Sutra articles you put out, no matter right. how many fucking indie developers, you know, decide to take on publishing. People are still kind of fucking bad at communicating. Assuming my game is good and worth someone's time and money, how do I get an audience? And that's a hard question to answer. Yeah, that's like a huge question. That's like, 
any because because there are so many external factors there's yeah social economic situations there's just the general mood of of uh and tone of the gamers as a whole there's so much like no fucking business guy would have walked out and been like you know what I think we need? I think Harvest Moon needs to come back and we're going to spend four <laughs> years making a Harvest Moon game and then putting it out. But someone right. took the time to do that and they convinced a publisher that this was worth making and then they put that on a store and the guy made a shit ton of money on it. Right. But that's not repeatable success. Right. So I don't give a shit what Steam's method is for getting your game onto their platform. What I give a shit about is us being able to design games, play test games, improve upon games, and being able to communicate with a wide and diverse user base and trying to convince them to buy our stuff. And that's still this huge black box that people think they figured out. Right. Or trying to convince other people or fucking gurus out there trying to like tell you, like, I I have the answer. But like, that's the issue here. Like, that's Indiepocalypse is that people still don't, still can't, still don't know that marketing and game development have to go hand in hand. Yeah. They just think game development, put it on Steam. All right, I'm good. Oh, why didn't I make any money? Wait, right. I just I just fucking refinanced my house to to Jesus do this Christ. game. Like that's the part that frustrates me. So I maybe Steam Direct is like a better way for me. I mean, it, it is because now I have to do even less marketing, at least right. for the green light thing. Like right. I have to now I don't have to convince people to just to. to well, no, because green light is kind of marketing too. No, I'm saying it is, but I'm saying like. Just because you've convinced someone to like your game does not mean you've convinced someone to make the purchase after right. it's been greenlit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, vote for us on greenlight, and like, it's it's so that pro- that like, oh, they clicked a button, they're gonna buy it. No, they're no, not. no, <laughs> like, it's not. It's so it's so disparate. You're like saying, hey, click this button, saying you'll you would buy this fifteen dollar game when it came out, and it's like. Oh man, it, I mean, I I almost wish it worked like Kickstarter pledges. Like I have I have problems with Kickstarter too. Right. Yeah, but like I think everyone does at this point. Right, but like but like I wish it was like I'll buy this. Like I am promising to buy this when it comes out, and that's what it means to get something on Steam Greenlight. Because not that it would be more effective in getting you through Greenlight, but at least it would prove like how many people are actually interested in buying it. No, it, yes, but it would also force you to do your fucking marketing. To get people to click that button because right. now they are obligated right. to pay you 10 or 15 bucks or whatever to like get the game. So you have to do all this grassroots marketing outside of Steam and you can't rely on Greenlight as like the sole vector for getting the game to people. Because Greenlight actually has like a cost to it now. Right. So my question, so, so I guess the question in there is like, what is grassroots marketing? And I know that's a big question, but like how how do you know that your marketing is effective so like we went to magfest mailing list dude i mean that's true but like, like a click-through rate like and then just seeing that over time like what you're doing a monthly mailing list and then like just giving constant dev updates and yeah um i do i've had two since i got back from magfest um and what was weird for me i got a f- over 50 percent engagement like in opens on the first one which was like that's like really weirdly high. Like I'm, it's like too, it's like scary high, right? Like that's uh-huh. like, I can't make assumptions based off of it because it's like too high. But then I got more than that by only, by only like a few percentage points. It was like, first one was like 54 and this one was like 58. 
or something like that on the second mailer, which was like really weird. Um, but I don't have like a monthly thing. I'm only like the, 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 the first one was like, Hey, I just started this mailing. So the second one was like, Hey, we have, I, we're doing iOS builds now. So if you'd like to test on your iOS device, let me know. And I got like a few replies from it, but, um, people seem generally interested and I actually had some like really good interaction. Now I don't have like a ton of people. I only have like, see it's, it's weird in my situation because I don't have to, I only have like right over a hundred people on the mailing list, which is like really low if you're like going to be a steam game or something. Right. But, um, my whole, the whole success of my mobile game is whether I get the feature or not. Right. So really in my case, I'm just using this as a tool to like, play test the game and like get feedback. Right. Cause I want it to be good enough to get the feature. Right. If I get the feature, then the game makes a lot of money and is successful. And if I don't get the feature, then I make no money and I'm not successful. And that's literally like on the app store, you live and die by that. And even you want to get, you have to get in like the first two because the statistics for people like scrolling down, you know how the features like, they yeah, like yeah, move? It's, it, yeah. Yeah. Like people scroll down before like the third one shows up or something. And then, like, they never see it. And no, those those featured games don't make any money. Bounce rate. Which is, like, really crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably not the best guy to ask about mailing lists. Mine's going really well, but, like, it's not... I don't think it's relevant to, like, games that are going to be on Steam, you know? I, I just, for me, it's like, you know, we had... You know, we had a pretty good response at MAGFest. And, but, like, fucking, we didn't, like... There was no, like, download. There was, there was no succe- significant, like influx of downloads from peak on, on our itch page because like people played it and they're like, okay, cool. Gave us our feedback. And that was it. Like we didn't see not that, but so there was no metric there. So it's like, uh, it's kind of hard to measure and we didn't do a mailing list, which was kind of a stupid mistake. So it's kind of hard to measure like what's the, my, am I, is my effort being rewarded in a way? And that's the, and that's the mm. thing. It's like it's like hard. That's what marketing is. It's like it's doing something, seeing if that has an impact, and if it is, trying to improve upon that, and if it isn't, pivoting. And but the but the 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 linchpin there is how how is effectiveness measured? Like how do you quantitate that? Do you quantitate by how many people open up your mailing list? How many people download your demo on itch? How many people offer to try out your iOS build? Things like that. Right. And like that's that's the hard part. And even if people do that, what's the ROI on people doing that versus making the purchase? Right. So that's the thing. Like right. how, like it's, it's, it's so hard to judge. You see, yeah. you see these I think it's entirely nebulous. Yeah. And I, and I know. <laughs> and like that's the thing, but like like that's the issue. That's the the marketing part's the issue. Yeah. Like don't like, and I think it's important talking about like, you know, how, how Steam's going to allow people onto their platform. But I think the greater issue is how are you going to ensure once you're on that platform that someone's going to buy your game because you'd be on your platform and then a hundred thousand other people just flood in after you and then you, you're done. So it's like, maybe people should stop focusing on like what the platform holders doing and pivot towards trying to get a deal with tiny bill they're trying to talk to a publisher or even like even fig is doing marketing like they did marketing for hyperlight drifter like right focus your energy over there 
Yeah, I think I think publishers are uh, everyone's really scared of them because obviously the, the way a publisher works is, um, generally speaking, publishers pay you to finish the game, and then they make their money back, and then you make a pro- uh, a profit right. um, if you've gotten that far, right? Uh, but I think uh, a lot of people are starting to look at publishers as just a marketing tool because it's like, Hey, we've got a shitload of games coming out all the time and people have to find a voice. So really all you're doing is outsourcing a marketing person, which I think right? a lot, that's what indies need right, right. now. Like yeah, they that, need people that like have experience in this industry to do that. And I, that's what um, like devolver does that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd mentioned being interested in them several times. I don't know if I'm still interested in them for my game, but like um, they, uh, they wait there there was a bunch of games where they didn't actually like pay the developers to like like livelihood to work on the game but they just took a percentage for all the marketing Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really really smart way to go yeah totally i also think it's smart to like try um and see how your game does in other markets like not the u.s like i really 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 want to put silent earth into into japan like i really really want to try that out um because the game doesn't have a whole lot of text in it Mm -hmm. at least at the moment it might later but energy at least right now like it, i think it'd be really yeah right like just like just like ui stuff um i think it would be a really good way to um just it, you know sort of in- increase my chances right yeah um by uh localizing it to another another country yeah that would be interesting and i mean like you see that with film like all of a sudden china is like more important to Hollywood than the U.S. right now, right? Because like it doesn't matter. Warcraft didn't do well here. Yeah, did gangbusters in China, so there'll probably be another Warcraft movie, right? To our chagrin, <laughs> right? It's pretty awesome. Um, I think the the usual secret for indie success is to just fill a niche, which is what you saw with Stardew Valley, and what right. you see with like a lot of stuff, or like having a proof of concept. Like the one I see a lot is having a proof of concept and then iterating on that proof of concept. So you saw that with like, you know, Tom Fult talking about Alien Hominid and then releasing Alien Hominid as like an actual game. Right. Or like Team Meat, Meat Boy on Newgrounds and then Super Meat Boy as a full fledged game. Like there are all these ways that you can kind of prove yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But I think people just want to say, make a game, sell it, make a game, just skip everything else. Right. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Here's a question then, Will. Um, so, Redshift Blue Shift is like stupid fun to play. I've played it a lot. I've played right. it like, like on a keyboard with a controller in a cabinet. Like, they're all really fun. Um, and I know, and if, we, if you don't want to talk about this, that's totally fine. But you, you have chalked up like it not doing too well to like marketing, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything you would change about the game itself to make it, to, to make it more, yeah, to make it sell better? Definitely. I mean, like, so microtransactions. Yeah. No, when we were developing it, like we experimented with some other modes of play and stuff like that. And like our goal when developing the game, like when it was Alan and I for like six to eight months before we like, uh, before it came out on Steam, the goal was just like, we have to make this game the best version of this game it can be. Yeah. And so 
If you're trying to make money, that's a dumb thing to do, I think. Because if you're trying to make money, you have to make the game the most marketable version of that game it can be. And so when we were when when somebody would say like, "Oh, is this the only two characters?" You'd be like, "Who who gives a fuck? Like they're not part <laughs> of the game at all." But like if we were trying to market it, it's like, "You can choose from over 64 characters and there's like tons of waifus <laughs> and bullshit." And I'm like, "Check out this dubstep blah blah blah." And it's just like <laughs> that's how you like make a marketable game, but like we weren't we were just like every decision we made was just like, "Does this make the game better and so like the single player modes that we were kind of playing with like nah didn't make the game better like we were like what make what's the most ideal version of this game and it was when two people are playing the game in the same room and so we made the single player version feel as much like that as we could uh but yeah if we had like 20 ships 60 characters like if we had like a big name chiptune dude doing the soundtrack if like there's so many different things we could have done to make it more marketable and it's funny that you say like yeah. the character thing specifically because my mind immediately jumped to towerfall right like the characters don't make a difference in towerfall but like the fact that you choose your character mm-hmm. leads to so much buy-in with the game because mm-hmm. you immediately like oh i'm associating myself with the green rogue or you know the archer or this or that the other one well it's like the difference between like team fortress 2 and overwatch where like i think team fortress 2 like i I haven't played either of them to any degree to know whether which one is a better game or not but if (laughs) i were to guess based on the visuals i'd say team fortress 2 like a million times over because i can look at all those people and know exactly what they do like Mm -hmm. it's extremely readable and like it's extremely accessible whereas i look at overwatch and like i it's like sensory overload yeah and so like it's just like i don't know what this is i'm not interested but like marketing wise i'm out yeah marketing wise it's just like oh these people are hot and sexy and there's like a gorilla dude and like it's like a comic book so it's like it's accessible in a different way Mm -hmm. it's not accessible in a usability way it's accessible in like a i like these colors way Whereas, like, when I like as a designer, I'm much more into like Team Fortress 2, where it's just like red versus blue. No, that's 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 Halo, yeah. right? Because that's like a good gameplay aesthetic, right? Right, right. Um, it's very advanced, abstract. yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 communicating the narrative of red versus blue mechanically, right? Right, so that that like makes a lot of sense. Um, and I know I totally know what you're talking about. Like with like, hey, we could we could make this game. You and I were talking about this on Facebook. Like mm-hmm. we could make a game, um, uh, make the game marketable or make it like p- the play the best that absolutely could. Like like so, I've been thinking about making Silent Earth like just totally about bosses because That'd be cool. be- because well, everyone's like, oh, it's like Evangelion Missile Command. That's like what you're making. <laughs> <laughs> And then you had to look up that's what a pretty Evangel- good compliment. <laughs> you had to look at what and Evangelion was, like, was. And I was like, that's a great compl- compliment, but Evangelion's always about these like huge, like Stephen King monolithic like robots and shit, right? Like that's that's like I haven't watched that much of it, so I'm totally talking on my I ass. Only but know like, of it like from secondhand. But like, am I more or yeah, less? Just right? watch the movies, dude. Don't watch the series. Am I more or less like? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Aren't they named so, after like books of the Bible too? Like, isn't that? They're like, all angels. Yeah. Okay. But I was thinking about that as like um, a marketing aesthetic, right? And that's like pretty cool, right? And then also it's like every 
gif I put out of that boss. People freak out. People just like fucking retweet it like crazy. And and I I really hate telling people that's not like the whole game, right? Like the rest of the game, you're just shooting these like little squares that fall from the sky. So like I, I might as well do that, even though I don't think I think that the game plays better with just like or just have like a boss mode, like a boss run. I don't know, man. I really want to do like 25 bosses in this game or something. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like have a mode that's just you running through the bosses. Then you can still have the mode where it's yeah. the missile more about defending but yourself does that, does, that, does that mess with the marketability? I don't think so. Like adding, if we made the game more, like super so bad. I, so that, that was one of the questions we ran into a lot with Redshift Blue Shift was like, would an extra mode detract from the main game? And we eventually came up with, yeah, it would, but... But could you prove that? No. No, but that, like you can't objectively prove that, like... No, I know, but I'm just anything saying... Anything about video games. But like, I'm, I'm, well, but you could A-B test it, where it's like, if we, yeah. had, a mo- if we had a version that right, had right, multiple right. modes, we had one that didn't. The thing is, is gamers are idiots, so... That's true. What can you do? Right. <laughs> they don't understand me. My yeah. art. <laughs> Nobody understands Redshift. Everybody was like, oh, this is fun, Pong. Ugh, nobody got the underlying message. Which was? It's about communist Russia versus... <laughs> <laughs> what are you really trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> that he thinks all all nationalistic disputes should be settled over table tennis. No, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like all game. games are have like someone's trying to like say something with it. Like even if they don't know it right like sure like you know influences that's why some games aesthetically resonate more with other people well this is also like my secret to why i really love dark souls it doesn't have to do anything with the gameplay it's because i made a game and i was like the whole time i was like i'm making bold decisions and it'll pay off and then they didn't (laughs) (laughs) but like dark souls it's all bold decisions that paid off hugely like bigly if, if like if if like Activision was making Dark Souls, like it would have come out so shit. Right. But they were just like, yeah, no, you can get invaded and people control you. Fuck it. Oh, no. Yeah. If you die, you just go back. You lose all your souls. Who cares? Fuck you. Like the, the whole time the developers just seemed to be like, no, this is how we want the game to be played. So fuck it. And so like a huge debate is like about like accessibility in Dark Souls. Should there be an easy mode? And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. Like, who cares? Like, you didn't make it. These right. people made it, and they decided to make it this way. And people and it was responded like, to it. And it was like, at the market at the time, was like, very not Dark Souls. You know? Right. Like, I think that's what, like, when, when like, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls 3 come comes out? out. I don't know. 2008, maybe? Somewhere around there. Wow, yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, like, Demon Souls too, where it was just like, no, fuck you, it's hard. No, fuck you. Like it. Fuck you. <laughs> all these item descriptions are wrong. Yeah, like if you were to like make a game today and like make it under like a huge company or something, and you were to be like, I don't think they're the pause menu should pause the game in this super difficult game. Like people would just be like, you're an idiot. But they're like, yeah, no, fuck it. You can't pause. That would make it easier. I think there was. I think the popularity of Dark Souls was partially. Um, partially due to the resurgence of roguelikes. Like if if people's if the resurgence of hard 2008 games, though, dude. Like Yeah, but so they kind of crested that this they can came out at the same time. 2008 was like limbo. Are you saying that's not like a hard game? No, but I just I 
roguelikes is like a 2011 thing to me okay that's like I, I just I don't I don't know if that sorry I'm like blatantly disagreeing with you on your show. Um, <laughs> I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> I I just I just like I think it's I think Dark Souls. So what I was gonna say was I just think Dark Souls. Like you were talking about niches earlier. Uh-huh. Like I think Dark Souls just like really found a niche. Um, and it's like had a shitload of marketing behind it, and came out a major console. Like, if anything, I think Dark Souls. It like reminded people why they liked roguelikes. Okay. Or like, like, so like, I think the thing is with Dark Souls, like it's secretly not a hard game at all. It's just a really easy game if you play it the way that they want you to play it. But it's so incongruous with how people normally play games. Right. And also, yeah. And so like, it doesn't make any, it doesn't, it, it was just like they made a game. That's the thing is that they just made a game. And well, they were this like, this entire conversation has been about don't just make a game. Yeah, see, I disagree. Just make a game. Not, <laughs> no, I think I think there's, there's make things. bold choices, and it'll definitely pay off <laughs> every time. No, but like, so like, I was really bummed out that Redshift Blue Shift didn't sell well, but like, man, I'm bummed out from yeah. the past year. After like after that, like, I feel really good about it because like we did make that game. Like, I don't know, it could probably be better. Everything could be better, but like we, Alan and I, made that game as well as we could make it, and it's pretty cool. And so like. That was our goal, and I feel like we hit that goal. But like at some point during development, we were like, "And also, let's make money," and we didn't right. hit that goal. Right. Well, you gonna talk about another news thing, or are we? We got. We gotta. Um, unfortunately, we gotta wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Spend too much time talking about Dark Souls making money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares about making money? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> But um, we, I'll, I'll keep the, the rest of the articles on there, and we can talk about them next time. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, stuff coming up. Beta Squad. Yeah. Is back in full force. Last Sunday in February, we're going to have Galen's Time Bomb and... Uh, Team Beam. What's it called? Team Beam? No. Um, Who else is doing it? I can't remember his name, too. I feel really bad. Godan. Oh, uh, oh Alex. Yeah. Alex's uh, Playground. Is that what the game's called? Yeah, it's like his first person. That's his, his name's Alex, right? I think so. I I've only I've only talked to him on the Slack. Is yeah. he is he local to Richmond? Yes. yes. Oh, sweet. He's he really went cool. he went to SCAD. Oh, neat. Yeah. I, I just I always think here. of people as their uh, yeah. <laughs> online handles. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's just like it happens when you work with people on the internet for long enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. So it'll be the last Sunday, of February. Uh, playing uh, bits and pixels, not playing trade. Bits and pixels in Carytown. Remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely definitely be going to that. It's gonna be fun. Well, that weekend I will be in Raleigh. I think I'm gonna do a Pico Eight workshop. Oh yeah. For yeah. RVA Game Jams. The first. That should be cool. Yeah. Um, I'm I still haven't had a I haven't had a whole lot of time to play with Pico Eight because like two weeks after I got it, I was like, shit, I'm poor. I need to do like some contract work <laughs> so I can like have money again. But uh, but um. I think I've played with it enough to like kind of give people the basics. Um, but really all I'm going to do is like build that ball thing I made from scratch, just like in front of everyone. That'd be cool. I think that would I think like, that'd be really like, useful. And people can like follow along if they want. Cause it's, it's really only like, it's like less than a hundred lines. Like it's like really, really, really simple. Right. So. Yeah. Good. So that's at one Oh one East Franklin, the library down in the basement. Yep. We have computers down there. I'm going to load up Pico 8. I already tested it out. It works. Yeah. Nice. There's On a, the desktops in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fuck yeah. It still, it still saves everything software. to the app data folder, but you can just type folder into the command line and Pico it and it pops up. So it's pretty easy. Nice. Well, and then uh, Peak is going to be in Raleigh at Playthrough. Same weekend that Beta Squad's happening. Um, I'll be down there with Wendy and we'll be showing off Peak. And then I'm also on two panels that I'm moderating. One's called um, uh, Tales from the Indie Crypt. So it's me and a bunch of indie devs talking about stuff. I'm not sure who the lineup is for that yet. Um, and the other one is what goes into a show. And it's going to be me and the guys that run Playthrough talking about how they made Playthrough, you know, what their goals are going for in future years with Playthrough, things like that. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And I've been trying to figure out what the recording situation's like down there and trying to bring the appropriate equipment. So hopefully those will be recorded for um, future listening enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Nice. But uh, if we don't have a podcast here with you guys next week, I'll have some stuff from down there. That's rad. But I got to get some more work on Peak done this weekend, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I hear that. Yeah. I do facts. So, yes, you're right. We had to purchase electricity. So, uh, R.I.P. Route <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 76 is behind me, and it's going to be Mike. Mom's not going down. So we're just splitting nice <laughs> power because like 90 bucks an outlet. So, um, but to the order form, I had to fax and I've never faxed anything. So I had to go use one of those like online fax websites where you attach it and then you type in the, the number and then you get like a confirmation email. It's like, all right, it's been sent. And then I had to call them the next day being like, Hey, did you get this fax? This fucking piece of paper i faxed you <laughs> in 20 goddamn 17 yeah jesus i think fax machines can make a huge comeback if people just use them for like flirting <laughs> how would you flirt through a fax machine do you want to go out with oh, me are you <laughs> kidding me yeah <laughs> and then like three days later <laughs> no <laughs> lose my fax number fax you up just the facts. Well, just the facts. <laughs> just the facts. I want to see Tinder implemented on a fax machine. Yeah. It's just, says, it's just like you with a fax machine. You've got like two trash cans on either side. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and it just like spits them out and you have to like, just like sort them. That's how you swipe them. Right. I don't even know which, which ways mean what, because I've never used Tinder. Is it swipe right is yes? Swipe left is no? Uh, I forget. It's been I a think minute. Maybe. Okay, so the way it would work is... I always the, tap the buttons. Like, fuck swiping. Like, it's so much... You would, um, you would throw away the ones you're discarding, but then you'd... No, you, you wouldn't even throw it away. You'd just fax it back to Tinder headquarters, uh, right side up for yes or upside down for no, no, and they'd have, like, two little QR codes, and that's how it would decide. Damn. We should make some games... That use fax machines. Fax machine games. That'd be pretty cool. For the next door, time we definitely get like we definitely get like attention from like I don't know like baby castles or some shit pretentious like that. (laughs) Some weird hobbyist (laughs) site out there. All right, guys. Yeah, that'll be a show. Thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for being you. That's 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 who I is and nothing else.